Thank you. God bless you. Good evening. You've been waiting for me. No. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Catherine Kuhlman, you've been waiting for me. No, I just happened to flip the dial, and there you were. But anyhow, I want to thank the church for allowing my wife and I to come here and torture you. And I want to thank the uh, pastor and his wife for all the good food and those that, and the family that helped prepare and who, whoever had a part in it. We thank you. Thank you for the hotel room. It's a very adequate for us, and we thank God for it. So, yes, I would recommend. We were practically left alone over there, and a little noise last night, and I went to sleep, and that was it. So we thank you for that. Thank you for being patient with me as I endeavor to preach the Word of God. I want to have you turn to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading uh, with verse 3 and read a few verses there. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. Pretty ignorant people, wouldn't you say, trying to teach the law? The verse I want you to, is my key verse here, I want you to look at in verse 6. It says, from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. What does uh, the uh, word jangling mean? Vain means empty. Jangling means uh, wrangling, quarreling. Uh, sounding discordantly, a noisy dispute, a wrangling. A lot of that going on today, but I, I want you to look at that word. It said, uh, from some having swerved. I'm preaching on the subject of don't swerve. Swerving is taking place a lot today in churches. Just like Pastor already mentioned, I was saved at the Akron Baptist Temple. And now it's uh, building is being sold, new crowd of people, they're moving somewhere else, I understand. 
A lot of churches are involved in that today. They're swerving. Swerving into sin, swerving into unsound doctrine, false doctrine. Swerving into coldness. I want to say to you all tonight, you've come for 25 years. I know all of you haven't been here all that time. I'm not going to ask who has been here all the time. But I want to say to you, don't swerve. Don't swerve. Swerving in an automobile is a, is a bad thing. I remember my younger brother and I were going in my old Buick up from Akron, Ohio, uh, from West Virginia up to Akron, Ohio, and it had rained, the roads a little wet, and I had on the front right tire, or my front right wheel, a uh, snow tread tire on there. And the rest of them were pretty smooth. And we came around this turn and we started to slide. And we turned uh, 360 degrees. Uh, but we weren't in the road when we ended up. We were in a cornfield. And the um, farmer next to us that owned the field, next to where we were, had to bring his tractor down and pull us out. Dangerous uh, to swerve on the highway. I just read a story recently. I don't know the people really, but there was a lady driving. This happened, I think, this week, uh, past week. She was driving on wet roads, and the car started to slide and swerve with her, and she ended up going over uh, upside down along the side of the road. She had a couple small children, and she was pregnant. Praise God, as far as I know, everybody's all right. Dangerous thing to swerve, and a dangerous thing to swerve in Christianity. Dangerous thing to swerve in God's church. I want to uh, encourage you tonight to continue some things. Is that all right? Okay. Uh, basic things. Years ago, I took some guitar lessons out here on Long Island, uh, way out the island, as they say, somewhere. The man's name was Myroslav Jessic. <laughs> What a name. He was a Yugoslavian. He played the opening number for the United Nations, which was a great worldly honor. Uh, I know about a Christian honor. He wasn't a Christian. But one day I went over there and he said, I've been going through some basic things today. He said, I've been practicing some of the things that I learned years ago. I'm just going over those basics. And you know what? We need to stay with the basics. We want to stay tuned up for God. Number one, we need to continue in the Word. I'm going to ask you to turn. We're going to have a little Bible study here tonight. We're going to look at uh, quite a bit of the Word of God. And we may be done by midnight. I want you to look in John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. We need to continue in the word. 
Continue in the Word. James 1.25 says, But whoso looketh into the law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Continueth therein. We need to continue in the Word. In Acts 20.32, Paul said, he called the uh, elders of the church at Ephesus over to Miletus, and he gave them some instructions. And this is part of the instruction. He said, Now, brethren, I command you, commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. He commended them to the word of God. And you know what? We're going to keep on preaching about continuing in the word of God as long as we live on this earth, because... We need to get in the Bible. We need to learn for ourselves. We need not be like the lady in the uh, church in Detroit called up uh, Dr. Vic and said, What do we believe? She was talking to some friends and said, What do we believe? We need to know what we believe. One of the things that will keep this church going, if Jesus tarries another 25 years, is that people in this church find out what the Bible says uh, write it in their hearts, memorize it, meditate upon it, and stay in the Word. Continue in the Word. The next thing we need to do is continue in His love. I'll have you turn to John 17, verse 23. But in John 15:9, He says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. You need to we need to continue in the love of the Lord. In John 17, 23 says, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. He's talking to his father here and he wants them to continue. He wants them to continue in his love. Now I know we have... The devil is fighting, and we got an irritation going out here, going on out here in the front of the church, aggravating. People uh, seem like they haven't uh, any respect for the house of God anymore. Uh, no concern because they've uh, set bug-eyed and listened to the what's going on in the news and television and so on and. The, the programs they watch and so on. Let me ask you this. Do you know that the Bible tells us that if, if we hear cursing, we need to cleanse ourselves, even though we don't say it? We'll sit there and listen to people curse, and we need to cleanse ourselves from that. We need to ask God for forgiveness uh, for even hearing that. I don't understand that, but that's what he says. And we've got problems all around, but we need to walk in love. We need to have the love of the Savior to help us to be victorious, to reach out to others. Are we still alive and with me tonight? How many have heard of the, I think it's pronounced, Koinor Diamond? Remember that very valuable diamond that, that came out of India, Pakistan, uh, 
claims it and Afghanistan claims it, but it really, I believe, came from India. And I don't know whether the story is true or not, but uh, a uh, prince or Maharaji, I call it, they call him, uh, what was his name? His name was Dulip Singh. As a young boy, 10 years old, uh, after that diamond was passed around, different uh, regimes came in and took over and somebody else got it and so on. He ended up with it. And uh, Britain was, of course, uh, controlling the area at the time. And he came and uh, brought this diamond to Queen Victoria and gave it to her at 10 years old. That's what I, I was told. That's what I read. I don't, know where, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's a good story. Then he came back as a young man and said, When I was a boy, I gave you this diamond. But he said, Now, I, he said, I didn't understand what I was doing at the time. He said, Now I understand what it means to give and its worth and so on. And he said, I want to give it to you again. Sometimes we need to come back. Maybe we don't understand what's happened to us in our life and how much uh, we owe God and how much we need to. Surrender to Him. And there are times we need to come back. Come back to the altar and tell God that we love Him. Again, my uh, sons would come to the altar almost every service we were in. And we were in a lot of them. Many, many times. Especially Jonathan. He would come to the altar. I never interfered with that. I think it's good for us to come to the altar. And uh, the other day somebody had put... uh, on the internet, a picture of him standing on the pulpit. I mean, he was standing not by the pulpit, but he was standing on the pulpit. And uh, they, they had a caption under that picture. It said, Jonathan Marshall makes a point. I don't know what he was preaching. Uh, my wife asked him, said, what were you doing up there? So I don't know exactly how it happened, but I guess before he knew it, he was up there making a point. I'm glad to see him preaching the Word of God. Now, don't stand in the way of your children coming to the altar. God speaks to them. Let them come. Amen. Um, There are many adults in churches that uh, come and join the church, and years and years pass, and they never come to the altar. Uh, If God speaks to us, God lays it on our heart. If we've been invited to come, we need to come. not only do we need to love our Savior and love our God, but we need to continue in brotherly love. It says in Hebrews 13:1, let brotherly love continue. Let it continue. John 13, verses 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. How are people going to know if God's in you? People that have no concept of what Christianity is or what real love is. Bless God, whenever you uh, treat your brothers and sisters like you should and show love to them and care for them, they're going to see, this is a different group. I've never seen anything like this before. I, I, I think I'll inspect that and find out what's going on. And they'll get saved many times. 
You know, to, to love somebody and you understand in the right way uh, makes you vulnerable. You can love someone and you're certainly time is going to come when you're going to feel like you're wrong and uh, your heart will be broken. If you want to keep from having your heart broken, then just keep, if you want to keep it intact and you don't want it broken or wrong, then wrap it up carefully. And uh, around your hobbies and other interests, worldly things, and uh, keep it away from loving anybody. Put it in a casket and seal it up. As someone has said, the only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly sure and safe from all dangers of love is hell. Continue in love even though it's going to cost you something. Continue in love. Uh, continue loving people even though you know you're going to get hurt sooner or later. How many times that happens in a church? Somebody gets up, sets, so I'm not going to ever do anything for those people again. I'm leaving this place. No, continue in love. Continue. Continue in the grace of God. Paul, and outside of the synagogue in Antioch, Pisidia, it said in Acts 13:43. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. We're saved by grace, and we need to continue to walk in grace. There isn't anything I can do. They'll ever merit heaven for me and for you, simply by the grace of God, simply through believing and trusting Him. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We're, we are His workmanship. I, I wasn't... I really wasn't looking for God the morning God dealt with my heart and showed me I was lost there in Michigan. I, I was just uh, obeying my parents, so to speak. Uh, I was just following the example they set. We'd, we'd go to church on Sunday morning. That was what I was doing. And all of a sudden, God broke into my life and convicted me. And he finally led me to the Akron Baptist Temple where we attended uh, and where I attended when we were home, when I was home in Akron, and led me into the office of Brother Billington. I went to Charles, who taught my Sunday school class, and asked him, I said, how can you know, how can you know when you're saved? And Charles said, well, I'm due to preach right now in the 11 o'clock service. Dad's in his office. I'll, I'll take you in and, show, and have, have him show you. And I can remember a lot of things he told me. I, I remember he called me. He said, now, what's your name? And I said, John Marshall. He said, now, if Marshall believeth on him, he shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what? He knew that I had already been down the Romans Road a number of times. 
He took me right to John 3.16. I'll tell you, when, when a person that's lost gets to that place where they're asking the question, what must I do to be saved? You don't have to, God's already dealing with them. The Holy Spirit's working. And you don't have to take them down the Romans road. They know they're lost. You need to get a, a verse that they can anchor their soul in. That morning, I realized Jesus died for me. And tears came to my eyes, and I wasn't working it up either. Continue in the grace of God, and thank God for the grace of God. Page 2. Well, we'll just move on here a little bit. We're justified by grace in Romans 3.24. We labor by grace, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He said, I labored more abundantly than you all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. We labor by the grace of God, continue in the grace of God. We receive gifts for service by the grace of God. He says in Romans chapter 12, 6, we have gifts that are differing according to the grace of God that is given. We all have something that we can do. You know, maybe, uh, probably not the marshals, but... Uh, somebody might have the gift of smiling. <laughs> We're like the uh, people at the Mount Rushmore with the great stone faces. Um, and you know, uh, there's a picture made of my family on my mother's side and a whole bunch of friends and so on, and I don't know who all is involved, but somebody tried to put all the names in there. But one thing for sure is they all, many of them had instruments, I know that, but not a one of them was smiling. Uh, remember those pictures? I know it was crime or what was what was the problem? We can't smile when we're taking a picture. But it, it might, my my sister-in-law uh, married uh, to my younger brother. I'm telling you, you meet her, you're going to get a smile. How are you? She comes into church saying, "Hello, John. How are you today?" A big smile on her face. Maybe that's your gift. I don't know, but it's given to you by the grace of God to be able to do that. Continue in the grace of God. Continue in the Word. Continue in His love. Continue in brotherly love. Continue in prayer. In Colossians 4.2 it says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. I'll tell you something, folks. Let's say that Let's say ten men got together and said, we're going to pray together that God would move in a mighty way. Now, he has done great things here. But I'm telling you something. From what I read and what has happened when people prayed, God moved in a great way. Young people that were on the dance floor all of a sudden became convicted and said, let's go to the revival meetings. And got saved. How's that happen? Oh, I know there's seed that's been sown. I realize that. But unusual things would happen if, if say, even five men banded together and say, we're going to pray until God comes in power. I know he lives in us. I understand that. But I remember the conviction that came to me. Somebody had to be praying 
I know at least one person that was praying. We band together and pray and ask God to move. I believe God would move in a mighty way. I believe uh, we'd have to put another floor in here. Maybe take away that apartment up there. Who knows? Do you believe that? Prayer is is a powerful weapon. And right now with all the wickedness we have in our country, basically it's our only weapon. I mean, preachers would preach in power, souls would be transformed. You wouldn't have to have a Royal Mounted Police, Canadian Mounted Police, or the CIA, or the FBI, or the IRS to go find them. They'd be coming to the house of God. Because God would put a desire in their heart. And so, uh, people think that I'm strange. When I say things like that, but I've looked at history. Can we learn from history? Can we look at what happened right over here in Manhattan in 1860? It was right before the Civil War. Just one man and his wife started a prayer meeting. People began to join them at noon. And it kept it up and kept it up and it spread across the country. And they estimated a million souls were saved through that prayer revival they had. Continuing prayer. Someone has suggested that be simple and direct when you pray. Pray audibly. You can do that at times. And, and by the way, it's good at times to go before God with a hymn. Enter into His courts, you know, with praise and thanksgiving and and get uh, stirred up about how good God is and thank and praise Him. Sing a hymn to Him. I do that quite often. He hasn't said anything about my voice yet, so uh, I keep on doing it. Be honest in your secret prayer. Pray earnestly. Do not mock God in your prayers. You don't beg, beg God to come to you. He's already in you. We ask Him to come and move on people's hearts. That's right, they're lost, but He's already in you. And pray always with, with special reference to the needs of the day. Continue in prayer. Continue in the doctrine or in the faith. First Timothy 4.16 Take heed unto thyself and to thy doctrine. Continue in them for doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Second Timothy 3.14 But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, know- and assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. In Colossians 1.23 If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, have made a minister. Continue, he said, in the doctrine. And we had a man that lost his wife come to our church, and he was there for, I don't know, it involved years, I guess. And we thought he was a pretty good fellow. And then one day, uh, he met a woman 
had lost her husband, and she was of a different belief. And that woman swayed him and took him out of our church, and he joined her church. Don't let anybody get you off of the track. Don't let anybody get you to swerve off of the road that you're on. Continue in what you've been taught. One last thing. Continue in witnessing. Acts 26, 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue um, unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. He said, I just continue telling people about Jesus. That's what he does. Does it embarrass you to talk to somebody? It's hard. I think about my pastor. He's a very, uh, he's more of an introvert, I think, than I am. (laughs) And it's hard for him. It really is. Once I get out and start knocking on doors, I mean, I have a good time. I enjoy that, talking to people. It's a blessing to tell others about Jesus Christ. To tell others about what he's done for you and how he has saved you and you have a home in heaven. And it's going to be forever and ever. One of these days we're going to be out of this mess. Amen. Until that day comes, continue in these things, in the word, in his love, in brotherly love, in the grace of God, in prayer. In doctrine and in witnessing. Many years ago, there was a lawyer in St. Louis went to a, a Christian man. The man had called him there to take uh, care of somebody's business. And after they conducted the business, he said to the man, said to the lawyer, the Christian man said to the lawyer, said, I, I've been wanting to ask you a question, but I'm afraid. And he said, what uh, what uh, question is it you like to ask me? He said, well, well sir, he said, why, why are you not a Christian? And the man dropped his head and he said, well, I've read in the Bible that no drunks can go to heaven. And you know my, you know my problem. He said, I didn't ask you that. He said, I asked you why you're not a Christian. He said, well, nobody's ever told me how to be a Christian. And the man, the Christian man, took the Bible and showed him how to be saved. And the man got down on his knees when it came to time to pray. The man, the lawyer, said to God, he said, you know my problem. You know I'm a drunk. But I ask ask you to forgive me. I want to be saved. I want Jesus to come in and save me. And that man was saved that day. His name was C.I. Schofield, the man that gave us the Schofield Bible. Some of you may have them. You never know to whom you may witness to. Uh, give the gospel. You never know what's going on in their heart. You know, there may be somebody, there, there may be somebody here tonight that is 
not certain that they would go to heaven. Do you realize where you go if you go out of this world unsaved? Do you understand what happens? In uh, the media, everybody goes to heaven, but not according to the Word of God. You have to be born again. You have to be saved. You have to see your need, just like uh, someone that's out in the lake, drowning. And they send the lifeguard out there to rescue them. As long as that person that's drowning thinks they can save themselves, they'll fight and struggle. And they could end up pulling the lifeguard down and drowning both of them. That's why they carry little clubs sometimes, knock them in the head, put them out, fighting too much. Just give up. Give up and let the Lord take over in your life. And he will save you. Now I want to ask tonight also, you who are members here, would you like to make a commitment tonight? I know you've been to the altar, a number of you have already. But I think it would be good for you to say, I'm going to continue in these things. I'm going to continue in the doctrine of this church. I'm going to continue in the love of God and in the in brotherly and sisterly love. And I'm going to continue in the Word of God and in the, uh, in the sound doctrine. I'm going to continue in these things. Maybe you need to make a commitment tonight so that in another 25 years, there would be a church here that's preaching the Bible, that believes the old King James Bible and is preaching the gospel from it and continuing on. And if you need to be saved, why don't you do something about it tonight? Just think about this. This is what happened to me. I got to think about what it would be like to go to hell. And God just spoke to me then and told me, that's where you're going. It wasn't an audible voice, but brother, I'll tell you, it was more powerful than an audible voice. It got right into my very soul and core of my being. And I was very hesitant because I was backward. And I didn't want to make that first step, but I had my foot out here like this for a while. And finally, when I let that foot go down and hit the floor, it was easy. I walked down that aisle, and I remember my reaction was, there was a conviction I'd never experienced before. I'm not saying you have to have a feeling like that, but I had one. I'll tell you that. But it was the Word of God that gave me the assurance. So we bow our heads in prayer. We stand to our feet tonight. Maybe you need to make some decisions about continuing on here in this church as long as God allows you to stay. Okay, anyone here going to pray in just a moment? Going to lift your hand and say, remember me in prayer? I'm not really sure if I died now, I would go to heaven. Please pray for me. I lift up my hand. Anyone with that need tonight, you lift it up. Lift it up so we can see it. All right, thank you. Anyone else? Say, remember me in prayer. I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you please? 
Would you please pray for me? Anyone else? And tonight, those of you who are saved, you want to see this church continue. Make a decision to continue on in the beliefs of this church and continue with this church and this pastor as he leads. Father in heaven, we ask that you'd be with us this evening. We ask, Lord, that you'd speak to your people and help them to make some decisions tonight, Lord, that would last throughout the years. We pray, God, that you'd be with this one that lifted their hand. Father, that they would come. Lord, as you've spoken to them, someone would take the Bible and show them how they can know for sure they're going to heaven. I pray, Lord, for this and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we step out? God's spoken to you.